Good evening. It is 10.33 p.m. on Friday night, and I, before I get started, want to apologize that a couple things. My previous episode was very breathy. I'm bad. I'm sorry. I'm trying to learn to talk, so obviously that's why I'm doing this podcast. I'm not good at speaking, and I tend to (laughs) breathe really loud through my fucking mouth, so I'm working on it. But the other thing I want to apologize for is, Riley, I know you're the only one in the world listening to this, and I do really appreciate it. You don't have to, especially because I feel like all of my episodes have been really serious, just really deep and kind of heavy, just, you know, sad, negative topics. And I apologize for that, but I don't know that there's anything, any getting around it because part of me doing this is, you know, to get things out of my head and out of my system. And these are the topics that are in my head right now. As I continue to go further down this fairly recent journey of my PTSD, those are the things salient to me. So I apologize, but hopefully I should have new, fun, exciting stuff in a few months. As of right now, though, do not feel obliged to listen to everything. I know you're empathetic and it probably weighs heavy on you as well. That being said, today what I want to talk about is my PTSD journey. How I came to realize I have PTSD, my initial feelings about it, grappling with it, and how I feel about it now. Spoiler alert, I am fine with it. I This ends on a good note, and I think I've come to decent terms for the first phase of this journey, first chapter. I'm still very much early in this journey, but yeah. I'm, I'm fine with it, but I'll talk more about that in a second. Let's talk about how I came to learn about it. But before I do that, let me backtrack and give you some context. I thought for most of my life up until this year that I was a strong person. I thought I was extremely strong mentally, emotionally. I had insane fortitude and perseverance and I've been through so much and yet I turned out so well. I turned out better than most of my peers. Let's be honest, right? Extremely successful, very smart, no problems in my personality or character that are obvious, right? Like there's so many people who are way more emotional and weak and just like fucking pussies. And then there's me able to handle cold calling, able to go out there and sell, right? I don't have insane social anxiety, like people who just can't even prospect, stuff like that, right? Overall, just a very successful person. And a big part of my identity was that I had been through so much, but I was strong enough to turn it into a positive and to not let it affect me. Where that identity started was actually when I was in foster care. After I exited foster care and I was on my way to university, no, I think I was in university, I had done some thinking. I was trying to figure out what my self-identity would be in terms of Was I going to tell people I was a former foster youth? Because that basically tells them I had an abusive childhood. I didn't really like that because I felt that there were so many negative connotations to foster youth, and I understood it. Most of them don't finish school, don't go to college, are generally unsuccessful. And remember, mental health really only became very commonplace less than five years ago. You know, now we are so able to talk about our anxiety and our therapy, but even five years ago, it wasn't that big of a thing. You know, I would say five years ago was the cusp of it, but this was obviously more than five years ago. This was 10 years ago that I was in college, actually more. And 
I didn't think that people were open enough to understand that I could be totally fine, even though I was in foster care. I felt that by telling them that, it would signal to them that I was broken in some way. I also just never had that victim mentality. I don't like it. And I didn't want to be a victim. And that's why I didn't want to tell people what I had been through, because that to me is... It's marrying my identity to the abuse and foster youth I'd been to, been through. And I didn't want that to be so closely tied to my identity. Instead, what I wanted was the complete opposite. I wanted to be so far from that because, again, I wasn't a victim. I wanted to be so far from my childhood that, in fact, you couldn't tell. You could not fathom that's what I had been through. You would have never guessed. You would have guessed I came from an amazing household, which is what I did end up getting lots of people to think that I had loving parents because I was just this cute, bubbly little Asian girl. And my parents probably love me because I'm adorable. And those are things people have actually said to me. Or things like, I thought you were one of those rich Asian socialites on Vice that had a really good upper middle class upbringing. And that to me was almost my secret power to know secretly that they have no idea what I've been through. And the level of degree that I could disguise it and conceal it was directly input into how I attributed how strong I was. Uh, to summarize it, this is basically what it was. I gave myself hella kudos because I was able to go through everything that I did and come out scot-free. No scars, no emotional scars, no baggage, nothing. And it was only earlier this year, even before PTSD came into the picture, that I realized that was all a lie. It was all a lie because I realized that I wasn't necessarily strong. I mean, I was, but it wasn't my strength that got me through scot-free. It was the fact that I actually just didn't remember my childhood. I had repressed memories. Which was hard for me to fathom, too, because even the idea of repressed memories seems, I mean, it's kind of phony, I think. Like, you just forget certain parts. Like, seriously? You just completely forget it? And I don't know. It just felt like something people talk about but wasn't actually real and very common, let alone something I would have, even though I didn't even have it the worst. I know plenty of children out there have gone through much worse than I have. For me to have repressed memories was... <laughs> I remember the first time this kind of got confirmed because I would Google repressed memories and wonder, is that what was happening to me? But I shook it off, obviously. And then I shared it with my therapist. And that was the first time I basically got an official stamp on it that that's what was going on because what she said was, you know... The brain is very smart. It knows when it has to hide painful things from you in the back of your mind. And it knows when you're ready and you're in a good place to be able to handle it for it to take it out again. And when I realized that, yeah, I, I did have repressed memories. I just forgot most of my childhood. That's when I realized that the whole idea I had about it's enough to be just strong and spin things around, like self-help shit. It's too naive. It's way too fucking naive. If it were that simple, we would have gurus and we wouldn't need any psychologists. 
But the reason I bring that up is because I want to lay the land that I resisted this idea of PTSD. And this whole journey for me has been extremely eye-opening and changed my mind and view a lot about all of this. And I hope it does for you too. So let's fast forward to a couple months ago when my sister started putting PTSD on my radar. She's the one that got me into it. So she has been on her own journey at the same time as me, although her journey's taken her into a different direction because mine would be working mostly on anxiety and people and somehow she landed on the topic of PTSD. She started doing research on it and when she was still in her preliminary stages, she mentioned to me in passing, hey, I think you should look at PTSD. I think that's what we might have that. First time she said this to me, I completely brushed it off. And then she brings it up again later, this time mentioning a book called What My Bones Know. And she said, again, this sounds like us. Synopsis of the book was talking about how there was an Asian American, I believe, woman extremely successful, high in the corporate world, makes a lot of money, just like all these sorts of things, extremely intelligent. And yet, why is she crying at night? Why is she so anxious all the time? Why does she have panic attacks? And that's when she started going into complex PTSD. My sister took that synopsis and started researching more specifically about complex PTSD noting that this is a type of PTSD that there's not a lot of research done on, unfortunately, and not many people talk about. As you can imagine, most people think of PTSD as things for veterans. But complex PTSD is a different type of PTSD because it has to do with childhood. But again, when she told me this, I paid a little more attention, but I still didn't go home and do my own research. It wasn't until I was talking to my sister about my revelations around my mortality and how Mama died young and that I think I may not have a whole lot of time left. I asked her if she was as worried as me about living on borrowed time, and she wasn't. I asked her why. She said, well, we don't know what killed Mama. Like, we just don't know if there was a gene or or what caused such an early onset of breast cancer. And because we don't know, you know, she saw no reason to fret about it. So then I asked her, if you don't think it's genetic, what do you think it is? Why do you think she got cancer so early? I said, you don't think it was the stress, do you? I do. I do think it's the stress. And to me, I was like, I know stress can cause a lot of health problems, but cancer? Cancer? And here's what she said. She started telling me about how much stress can impact the body and the mind. It can actually change your body physiologically. And that is true. We have definitely seen talks about that and there's studies. It's something called ACE, I think. Some sort of factors. Basically, if you had trauma, parental loss, just list of different adversity during your childhood, you are X amount more likely to become diabetic, get cancer, die early, all these sorts of things. So there is an actual trend. And then I asked her, so what do you think we should do? 
And she said, we should manage our stress and just be mindful about the stress we hold. Why do you say that? Is that because we've already been through so much stress or because our bodies are changed now? And she said both. Because our bodies are changed now due to our previous childhood trauma, and that's not going away. And that does impact how we take in the world. And this is where I really got thinking. And I really got thinking about the idea that PTSD, hmm? PTSD changes the way your body is. That is fascinating, terrifying, but also believable. So this is where she started to hook me. And I just started to toy with it more and think about it more and be more receptive to the idea that I might have PTSD. And it really culminated in this book she's been reading that I'm now reading. It's called From Surviving to Thriving. And it's talking about complex PTSD. And literally everything in that book describes my life to a T, describes who I am to a T. And that's really what made me accept that, yeah, I think I really do have PTSD. And when I look back, a lot of it makes sense now. Because this explains why my most recent therapist, who's probably the most intelligent and quick therapist in terms of reading me, when she mentioned her credentials and her experience in specific topics after our first initial meeting, she said, yep, yep, this, I have a lot of experience in this. I myself am an immigrant. I was a refugee, so I have a lot of experience with immigrants, PTSD, anxiety, depression. And in my head, I said, why'd you mention PTSD? It was one of those things where, you know, as a kid, circle the one that doesn't belong. In my head, that list was PTSD. That went completely over my head. I figured she was saying PTSD as like a mistake. She just said it, even though it wasn't relevant to me. And it turns out now she called it the first time she met me and I just had no idea. It makes sense too why she and my other previous therapist both did not want to tell me I had ADHD. I had both asked them, do you think I have ADHD? And both of them said, well, no, I would, I would not be so quick to say that because ADHD has a lot of symptoms that are actually the same as anxiety and depression. And it's the same thing with anxiety. The first thing she told me was, I don't want you to think that you are an anxious person and that you have anxiety because you don't. This is just who you are because this is how you've had to survive. This is how you've had to be in order to survive your childhood. And the same thing is just carrying over today, except now that you're not in that environment, but your mind is still there, your amygdala and whatever else, I forget what she said, is still on high alert. That's what's causing, you know, everything you're feeling today. But it's not because you're an anxious person. This is really just how you've had to survive. And I didn't understand what she was trying to say. I understand it made sense and it sounded great. Don't get me wrong. But now that I've read the PTSD book, I understand the weight of what she was saying, and it was quite profound. The thing about children who have been through trauma and have PTSD is that what their PTSD basically is, is it's a manifestation of how they've had to survive. It's a manifestation of the behaviors, their coping mechanisms in terms of behavior or being on high alert or being ready to flee or fight or all those different things and control what they can control. All of those things add up and turn into 
just if you were to put a big blanket on it, the PTSD, because the PTSD is a collection of their behaviors that they've had to do from a ch- as a child that they still do today. So it's not that I'm a normal person who just has anxiety. That's different from I actually just have PTSD because of my trauma. And the reason I want to make this distinction is because the author makes this distinction as well, in that PTSD, complex PTSD, is so often misdiagnosed as ADHD, anxiety, autism, and narcissism slash bipolar. And I resonate with that so much because over the past few years, as I started to find my way into therapy, it was because I thought something was wrong with myself in all of those ways. At first, I thought I was maybe psychopathic because I could not feel what it seemed like other people felt. I just didn't have that level of empathy for people and compassion, which comes from empathy and love. I just didn't have that. And so I thought I was psychopathic. And when that didn't exactly fit right, I thought I might be autistic because I hate loud sounds. I really get extremely, extremely stressed when I hear a leaf blower or a siren. I, it's not even that loud. I can recognize that it's not loud, but something about it makes my skin crawl. And I thought, okay, autistic kids are like that too. Autistic people also aren't very good at empathizing. It turns out I just have PTSD. So at this point, I am starting to try on and be okay with the way it feels of acknowledging that I have PTSD. But one thing I want to note is that the timing is important. And this is where we get into my journey into therapy. It's kind of like I had, didn't have glasses and I couldn't see and I was using my hands and my eyes were closed and I was trying to reach for my glasses and I was going in left, right, forward, you know, a little bit diagonal here and there. I wasn't going directly straight to my glasses. I was kind of looking around a bit. That's how I feel about this journey. My glasses are the PTSD. And the steps I took in between were in 2019, in the December, I was still in SBS. I could not take the anxiety from roll call anymore. I hated going to roll call. I hated people. I felt so stressed and alone. But at the same time, I felt that something was wrong with me because I couldn't feel the empathy that other people felt. And so I started going to therapy because I thought I had a personality disorder. I thought I was psychopathic or narcissistic. I can't remember. So as my therapy progresses, 2020 happens and we're in complete isolation and I decide to tackle all my demons because I had the time to. Why not? And I started shifting my direction over to my inability to form friendships. And we worked tirelessly on my vulnerability and took baby steps to try to form friendships and figure out different ways to. And for the next few years, I worked a lot on building that continuously. After COVID ended, I went back to poll and I talked a lot about my new therapist about what I'm doing to build these friendships, baby steps I'm taking. And then as my memories continued to come back through CASA training and these personal statements that wore down my previous identity that I was a strong person. 
And that was the perfect time for PTSD to come in as a concept in my life and completely turn my paradigm upside down to make me realize that I had been thinking about all of this the wrong way. That PTSD is not something you get over, especially not when it's embedded in you because it's what you grew up in. And it's something that you have to live with and learn to manage for, let's just say, probably the rest of your life. As I started to accept that, though, it started to piss me off. I started to get resentful because now I realize I have this affliction that I have to deal with and manage for the rest of my life. It's like I'm, again, having to do extra work for no extra credit. I'm having to work harder to be a normal person and deal with all of my demons and (coughs) make up all the gaps that my parents left for me just to meet you in the same place that you got there easier. It started to make me resentful of my parents for, honestly, the first time in my life to that level because it just felt like my doom and that there was absolutely no good out of this. When you have trauma and baggage, you're just carrying extra weight on you for no good outcome. And I grappled with that for a couple weeks before, I guess I just cried it out, and I think this podcast helped. But here's where I sit today with this. I fully accept that PTSD is part of who I am. There's no need to hide it because I don't need to tell some sort of story about I am who I am because of it. Like make it all, I don't know, fancy and overcredit it. I don't need to spin it and be like, I am who I am in spite of it. Like it's very neutral. It is what it is. I, it is who I am. I'm not, it doesn't change that I'm an amazing person and I'm highly successful. That brings me to my next line, which is as I started to accept and really give attention to how PTSD has impacted the way I am, it's a fine line because it does bring you down. When you constantly think about what it has done for you and not done for you, so the things that I'm not able to do because of it, I'm not able to form friendships easily, always focusing on the negative, and it does bring your mood down. But the problem was I couldn't see good things about it at the time. Thankfully, with the passage of a few weeks, I can. Because instead of focusing on what I cannot do, which is form some friendships and relationships here and there, like, okay, I'm not great at that. But despite that one thing I can't do, there are so many other things that I can do that other people can't. And I can do those things because I'm an extremely high achiever and I'm a perfectionist. And that perfectionist is what caused me to constantly optimize my sales process at ADP and become as good as I was. And turns out I found out that was all a coping mechanism to my trauma. Some children will cope by becoming perfectionists because there's an underlying belief that they will be lovable once they are perfect. That itself is sad, but the point is... That's what it gave me. And hey, being a high achiever and a perfectionist and giving me the ability to go become a lawyer at a top law school, build a business eventually, all those great things, it's not that bad of a deal. 
And let's go back to the inability to form relationships. So I'm distrusting. I'm a lone wolf. If you think about it theoretically, those in and of itself, let's take away where they came from. Those traits in and of itself are not bad traits unless you put yourself in an environment where you being these traits, distrusting and lone wolf is considered a negative thing because of the culture of that environment. And by comparison to the people who do fit into the culture, you do not. Or in a certain workplace, your type of personality does not work for that role, customer service, then yeah, it's swimming upstream and you can see them as bad things. But again, when you take away the attachment that these came from an abusive childhood, just these traits alone, they're not bad if you suddenly just lift yourself off and put yourself in a different environment. No matter where you get them from, you just need to find the environment that works for you. So for me to be a distrusting lone wolf, it's going to make me an amazing lawyer. So is it really a bad trait? Or am I just thinking it's bad because of where it came from and because I'm comparing it to the wrong crowd? PTSD is something I will have to continue to manage, but it doesn't bother me because I see it as the same way I see self-defense. I think self-defense is so imperative in your life that it's not enough to just take a single class on it. You have to continuously make it part of your life so that you keep it fresh, you keep honing your skills, and you continually practice for the rest of your life because, because the chance of you being put in a situation where you need it that chance is there until you die. And it's the same thing for PTSD. I need to continually learn about it and hone my skills and just be aware. It's kind of like learning the enemy in the military, I would imagine. You want to always know it so that when the time comes and it attacks, you are ready. So when the time comes when I am in a situation where I am alone or I don't have a good su- support system around me and my PTSD and trauma starts to really act up. I'm not caught by surprise. I hope that made sense. I feel like I rambled and repeated myself a lot, but like I said, my speech is a work in progress. We'll get there. Thanks for listening. Bye.